That's so fun. Anyway, movie. Why? Oh, movie. Why? Okay. <laughs> Let's start. We can move um, hey. uh, When do we... Okay, uh, so hey. I don't know where to start. Uh, hey, uh, um, start right here. Because it's uh, the Movie Overload podcast. Coming to, you, coming to you live every time on demand. It's such a funny on demand. From except here. we're always recording. Every single time you're listening is live. a time that we are recording it live directly to you. Live, pre-recorded. And if multiple people are listening, we are recording it multiple <laughs> times at once, and it's honestly killing us. Do not ask what technology we use to accomplish this. If all the fish on Earth would you don't want to know. At the you same don't want to know. How long would it take us to notice? If all of the fish just poof, I don't know. Like, I don't. Th- I think it. I'm curious a, how many like hours of podcasts we've recorded overall. It's a good question. I don't know if Anchor keeps uh, track. Probably of sort of around sixty-eight. Uh, we're on up to like sixty-eight or something. Are we? Sixty-six. Where are we? Sixty-five. Yeah. So, like, you know, probably at least three or four days straight of content. This will be episode sixty. Yeah. Sixty. Okay. Oh, Lord. So sixty episode hours. Episode sixty. Yeah. Dang, we've had some real hiatus. Why does this say hiatus? Hiatus? 62 episodes? Oh, wait. 60 episodes plus the retrospective. Oh, plus maybe I forgot about the else. retrospective. Because this uh, pocket cast is saying we have 62 episodes. And I don't know where those are coming from. <laughs> maybe we... The bowels of hell. Maybe we counted wrong. <laughs> no, they're all here. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, did we did we miscount the number of episodes? So I'm looking through the list right now, and it looks like I there are it's in order. Like, I don't know. All seventy nine oh. movies are on the list. All of them on our list is the hundred greatest movies. All seventy nine movies are right there. <gasps> bing bang boom. I did count wrong. Bing bang. Boom. Oh my god. You counted wrong. It goes fifty three, fifty four, fifty five, fifty six, fifty five, fifty six. <laughs> <laughs> no. Delightful. Oh, I'm so yeah. good. So what episode are we actually on then? 61. Uh, 61. Yeah. Yeah, because the uh the, the other thing doesn't count. Oh, that's the retrospective doesn't matter. I'm going to go fix it. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. That'll do take take it, lots it, of time. It, no, it'll be easy. It's fine. Anyway, well, anyway, hi. Welcome to podcast. We use podcast. And that podcast is podcast. It's about podcasts and not about movies. Um, we're here to actually talk about a specific movie, a, a contrary to pop or pop popular popular belief. Um, popular leaf. <laughs> uh, contrary to popular leafs, mm-hmm. um, we're actually covering something um, that is not a French or Japanese or uh, American film mm-hmm. for once. Mm-hmm. It's Italian. It's another Italian movie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. It's still kind of it's European. And it's yeah. good. It's mm-hmm. by. Uh, it's a 1988 film by Giuseppe uh, Tornatore. That's yeah. definitely accurate pronunciation. It's uh, called uh, Nuovo Cinema Paradiso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cinema Paradiso. And um, it's got this guy named Alfredo in it, so you know it's good. And they cut out mm, all the kissing. There ain't no smooching. 
they ain't no yeah they cut out all of the kisses and i don't know because there's a director's cut and then there's a non-director's cut i don't know if you if in the theatrical cut that you watched um aiden oh Oh, the end of the movie names in the direct in the Um, theatrical cut is him sitting down in the theater and watching all the smooches that's that's the only thing there was well that no so that was like the last scene of the movie And the last scene of the movie, he goes oh, okay. back to uh, Rome or wherever he is, and he, he puts on the real. Uh, and so I, I, I say thematically, uh, what we need to do with this podcast is we need to cut out all the kisses and put them at the end. You know, the kisses that right. usually happen all throughout mm-hmm. the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we put them all at the end. You're right. <laughs> it feels like just, so that made me think just like anti-Donna bits or something where they just like <laughs> randomly are like kissing in the middle of Ooh. the stars. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah, no, but I was surprised that there, like, there was actual nudity in that in that bit oh, yeah. of um, A bit. kisses. A little bit. And I, and I was like, I didn't realize that they actually had things to cut out. I mean, most of what they cut out was completely ridiculous and dumb. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that there was there was anything that was actually sexual content there ever. Was one like, shot of was it pre Hayes Code? Uh, yeah. Well, Hayes Code wouldn't even apply. That's a pure, purely American studio system thing. So oh, in yeah, Italy, this sense. was just censorship by like the Catholic Church. Uh, and so like, I don't like it. they're like, no, no, no. So no kisses. And also that one scene where the woman rips her top off. You also yeah. can't do that. <laughs> right. um, I loved how much uh, Jean Renoir. Was yeah. this? And Chaplin. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to like look through uh, and be yeah, like, oh yeah, cool. those are other directors and other films that we've covered. And uh, these are these are things that I am also quite passionate about. Yeah. Just like um, that kid named Toto. Uh, Salvatore Toto De Vita. Yeah. That's him. He's a little boy. That was nice. That was a good, that was a good thing. You know that you know that kid. You know the main character of the movie who is played by three people who don't look remotely alike. Yeah, <laughs> that, that dude, Salvatore. Yeah. Yes. Like I can kind of. Oh my buy gosh! The kid. That guy teenager. that's like clearing the square all the time. He's <laughs> yeah. like, it's my square. It's Apparently, fine. in the credits, he's just called Village Idiot. <laughs> oh. Jeez. That's awful. Yeah. Imagine being famous for being in a classic film that won the Oscar for, you know, best foreign picture or whatever. And they're like, ah, cool. Who, who did you play? And he's like, you know, um, we don't need to, we don't need to go into it. I mean, no, I think he just said, oh, I'm the dude who owns the square. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, and and someone's like, oh, yeah, Village Idiot, my favorite (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, you know. It didn't didn't call me that in the script. (laughs) I think this movie also, so it won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film. I think it also won the Palme d'Or that year Mm -hmm. at Cannes. Oh, that's that's cool. That makes sense. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think this movie... Like, uh, a bunch of people now get a bit mad every time, like, a La La Land or something gets a bunch of praise. Or people who are like, mm. Singing in the Rain's really overrated. It's just a bunch of people who like movies and work in movies saying, this is a movie about making movies crazy. God, it's such my life right now. <laughs> and people who are in movies just really like it. And this movie mm. fundamentally is movie nostalgia of the movie. Right. 
It's... Yeah, it is. And it's nice. I appreciate that. It's not like, I don't know. It's it's a weird mix of things because as somebody who is at the very least cares enough to do a podcast like this, it's meaningful, but it's not quite as like, I don't fully understand it being one's whole world in the way that it is for the characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because partially because I watched it sort of that fast. <laughs> As um, per usual, also guilty. Am I the but only one who like, watched this movie at one point zero uh, speed? Probably. I okay. To I be had fair, two hours I, to watch a three-hour movie. I'm sorry. I also had two hours to watch a three-hour movie, <laughs> and I watched a two-hour movie. So in two hours, in two hours, nice. That's respectable. I think. I so we all spent decision. the same amount of time watching the movie. <laughs> so really, who has the right to judge here? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry that we movie podcasters watch the movies wrong. We totally do, and I wish that I didn't, but I can't stop now. You know? There is no right or wrong way to enjoy art, but that does not prevent us from from completely blowing each other up and for the fact that we have done ridiculous things yes. while watching high art. Yes. Quotation marks. Mm. Citation needed. I think, oh, well. hot take, uh, I think this movie is a bit overrated. Like, I, it's it's a good movie. I liked watching it. Uh, but also, it's just kind of fine. I don't think it pioneers any f- new filmmaking techniques. It's a lot of, it reminded me a lot of Paper Moon, of mm. like hearkening back to yeah. the past versions of cinema and movie history yeah. and how it affects people. And it's just, I think it's too wrapped up in nostalgia for mm. movies and like loving movies yeah. without actually adding enough to it. Like the relationship between Salvatore and Alf- Alfonso, Alfredo, good, solid, Alfredo, yeah. heart, heart face. But yeah, it kind of, uh, I think they need more of it, honestly. Mm. Like I really was feeling it when he was a kid and then when mm. he's a teenager and I was like focusing on the love interest and love story. And I'm sorry, it's I did so, not feel the love story at all. It's so in this crazy movie. how every time they try and put a, like a weird romance in these movies, it gets less interesting. <gasps> That's so salty of you. I mean, it's I'm, not all the time, but some of the time. I'm a bit of a romantic. I usually get way too into movie romances, and here I'm just like, no, he like kind of has a crush on this girl, and then he, uh, and then she finally like decides that she likes him, but then they're just kind of like moony in a way that isn't like connectable or relatable to the audience at least for me yeah. it's just yeah it's okay that's really how i felt too ever, yeah. it's really artificial it feels like a movie making a movie thing like i think the whole purpose of their relationship was that kiss that happens when it rains and she like comes back from her trip abroad and he's like laying uh in the canal and it started raining and he's just waiting there and then she kisses him and then they're like kissing in the rain and it's like a really great shot Mm -hmm. and it's the first time you see a kiss in the movie because all the kisses have been cut out of the other movies maybe that's maybe that's sort of the point of it is to be uh, like a a fanciful movie romance and then also the point of it being like alfredo being like don't even worry about it dude just get out of here it's not gonna be anything just go go do your thing somewhere else. I mean that because c- this is just your yeah. fanciful nonsense 
like relationship. It isn't just because you've never seen a kiss in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate what I was thinking there, but like, I don't know. That's how I read it. Well, it, the thing is, when you add the like director's cut stuff, which so much of it is like he comes back and like tries to like resolve his relationship with her. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, it, I think it does something cool with mm-hmm. that. It just that like. It just doesn't. I don't know. I have a question with the director. It doesn't quite make it really valuable, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like it, it, it tries to make the. It sort of recontextualizes all of those kissing scenes cut together at the end of the movie, with his romance, and it like. It's like those things are reflections of his romance in his brain rather than the fact that his romance is a reflection of those things, if that makes sense. So I feel like that sort of changes the the interpretation of the film as a whole. So I'm really curious about this. It, It sounds like the theme of the movie is fundamentally just aimed differently between the director's cut and the theatrical Mm. cut because in the director's cut at least how i read it uh the kissing scenes and everything are kind of synecdoche for the nostalgia of his life back in the town and especially uh his like relationship with alfredo so i would take it yeah and i and the reason why i the the romance especially falls flat for me is because the movie is really strongest and focused when it's talking about the relationship between Toto and Alfredo. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the through line. And the most emotional bit bit of the movie for me is the train station when uh, Salvador Mm -hmm. has decided to go to Rome. And you just have this quick montage of people just grabbing each other and you just see the hands on people's backs. And then... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Alfredo grabs him and just holds him by the lapel and he's like, don't ever come back. Don't ever think of this place. I will not talk to you ever again if you come back here. I need you to leave. I need you to make something of your life. Uh, and it's kind of implied because he feels like he wasted his. He never got an education. He spent his whole life just living in kind of the dreamland of the movies as a projectionist um, until the movie fire, uh, which like lost his sight, mm-hmm. made him lose his sight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's definitely like a sort of small town thing that people kind of get stuck in. And, like, I remember, I don't remember the specifics, I guess, but I remember there's a conversation with the mom towards the end, too, about, like, you know, he's like, I thought you were old then, but now I see that you were kind of young and, like, you were, you know, ultimately unmarried with kids. Like, you could have done something, met someone else, but, like, you just kind of stayed there. Mm-hmm didn't really change anything Mm. and then yeah and then she said that really interesting thing where she was like um to be faithful or Mm. or something is to is to be lonely yeah Ooh, that is not in the theatrical cut Mm, interesting interesting i do like that yeah it's kind of yeah it was was, like i honestly think that a lot of what they added in the third act and the director's cut was really interesting Mm -hmm. But it does definitely, like, it really muddles whether or not the movie is talking about, like, the nostalgia of his life or something. 
or, or if it's talking about film and because it feels like it's broken up between those two things so much in the third act i don't care very much i'm sure there's some thematic weaving of the, of the whole thing that i just haven't grasped well I maybe <laughs> i think we're all picking up on something that it feels like the movie's trying to do where mm-hmm. it's trying to equate like the relationship he has with film with like the relationship that the people have with their lives in his small town where he grew up where people kind of fundamentally stay the same and they don't change just like characters in a movie stay the same and they don't change it plays over and over again and they always make the same choices and the same things and it's people always in the theater reciting line by line while they watch yeah, the movie and crying yeah. and it's just the cycles of life that are, are getting broken and it's being keep people getting caught in nostalgia, which is like the thing that I like most about the movie is that kind of, I don't even, I assume nostalgia was a big thing back when this movie came out in the, in the eighties mm-hmm. because it's always been a big thing in history. But I think we have more of it now where we spend so much of our cultural energy and all of our pop culture on oh, now the 80s are back. Oh, everything is hearkening back to this supposedly better time. And that... As a 2000s baby, it's exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) Why can't we be nostalgic for my time? We were getting nostalgic for... We kind of are a little bit, honestly. Times of before... uh, When we were born, we were being bombarded with, like, our parents' nostalgia and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a bit sure. Yuck. Over. That nostalgia. Anyway. I'm so done with, um, what is on the, never mind. What? With Arizona? <laughs> I was going to say I'm so done with life, and then I was like, that's, no. <laughs> yeah. Talking about, nostalgia i don't know why but i hate it like nostalgia is old news <laughs> yes Just i'm so done new. with every every fucking like sorry this is a bit of a random rant but every everything's about nostalgia everybody's like completely obsessed and fascinated with the past and that's like so evident in movies and in pop culture and, and everything and I don't have any particular love for it. It mm-hmm. it doesn't have much appeal to me, and it feels kind of empty as as a concept to focus all of one's artistic energy on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when I see another movie like this, that like is so well done and so good and cool and stuff, but it's also just kind of about nostalgia. I'm like, eh. like it does feel like it's sort of it's, it's like impressive the way that it's not happened. really all good though, right? It's but, not very useful. But then you run. So, what is it replacing nostalgia with though? When you watch the movie, it's focused so much on nostalgia and commenting on nostalgia. Does it give you anything else? And 
I guess yeah. I, thought was, I, th- I guess I thought that was the point of trying to get him to like go out and escape the stagnation and do something but, original with life. And then also the movie theater explodes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> the movie theater do explode. I don't know. Well, even then, though, in his life after he leaves, he's still like kind of miserable. He's still unable to still, escape his past still love. Still movie related. Yeah, he well, he's making right. movies now, yeah. but he also is like stuck in a long ending like cycle of relationships where like they're just people he can't really connect to or care about because he's still so focused on like uh, that it's one true. that got away. Right, coming back and being like, I thought I would have like moved on and forgotten so much, but come back and it's it's like I never left. Yeah, mm, yeah. I don't know. I see. I think this movie lost me pretty early on uh, because it had the unfortunate quality of reminding me of my favorite film. And when a movie reminds you of your favorite film, you can't Uh. stop thinking. But what if I were just watching my favorite film right now? Yeah. So so fair. This movie reminds me of the Victor Yuris film El Sur, which is a Spanish film. Uh, It isn't really about. It's uh, it's another sort of coming of age story, and it has a cinema element, and I think that's my like favorite, most favoritely shot movie ever. And so I couldn't really, I didn't even like focus, pay, wasn't able even to able to like say, oh, I think this movie's well shot because I just kept thinking of, oh, but like my f- most favoritely shot movie is also kind of like this, and I like that more. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I see that's why I have I think that's probably why I've had difficulty getting into like in particular like Marowitz or like marriage story because mm-hmm. there's so many elements of them that are familiar to Francis Ha and then I want to watch Francis Ha. Mm-hmm. And I want to let Francis Hobb be replaced in my brain by Marriage Story or something else, but it's just my favorite, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, so I, I I feel that. For sure, for sure. Yeah, let's just watch our favorite movies. That's that's my new thing. How about how about we stop learning, and we just we just. We just dive into the same into movies the over and over. Again. Yeah. <laughs> mm, interesting, interesting concept. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah, I, you know, you know it, it all it all comes together, right? Yeah, I did kind of like the element of it that perhaps if it can be like separated from the nostalgia part, I did kind of like this feeling of like celebration of movies as a medium of just mm-hmm. this kind of unifying thing that just everyone could kind of come together and enjoy. And I was like, that's nice. Yeah. That I is like cool. That. I'm curious <laughs> if I miss something, why was he a good director though? Is it just cause he likes movies? Uh, I think he's just kind of a good director. I, I don't think it's ever really like explained, but yeah. he just watches movies a lot. And then he's making movies on his like little super eight camera when he's a teenager all the time. Uh, and then he, you know, went off and he wound up getting a job in the movies and becoming like a director who made good stuff. Gotcha. You know, 
and I'm sure like being uber familiar with like how projection equipment works wasn't unhelpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows? That's fair. It was cool to see all the like the cranking and the like mm. things getting set on fire and <laughs> the way that like they open up the camera to like mark the bits that they yeah. have to cut yeah. out in the film and stuff. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff was good. Do you think this is what Scorsese watched when he decided to make all of those things he made about movie nostalgia? Uh, I don't know. Do you think that Scorsese was nostalgic for this movie being nostalgic about movies and that's why he made a nostalgic movie about movies? Probably. I I think it was probably partially inspired, but also uh, he might have also just been nostalgic for movies. How many different things are we talking about here? Or just the one? The one in my head is Hugo, Hugo. but I feel like there's yeah. probably others. That one I but, might take exception with because it has a novel source. Yeah, it's based off of yeah. a book. So, but the way that book. it, I don't know. For some reason, the like the filmmaking style feels very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds true. me of this movie a lot. True, I think. Yeah. Well, it's a lot spelled uh, inspired by uh, the the Moon Dude because it's about the Moon Dude. The what now? The moon oh, dude. Yeah, the dude uh, who made the first the, movie that we covered on the trip. Oh, oh, you mean... I'm yeah. just spacing on yeah. his name right now because I'm... Uh, yeah. Uh, Georges Méliès. Yeah, Méliès. The that's the guy. Yeah. Also... A classic man. So, the main character's name in Cinema Paradiso is uh, Salvatore uh, De Sito. De, de, or DeVita? DeVita. DeVita. Anyways, I yeah. kept thinking that DeVita was the name of a director, and I kept getting, and I think it's just because uh, the the f- Italian neorealist director, uh, director uh, uh, Sa- uh, Sal- not Salvatore, uh, De Sita, who did uh, Bicycle mm. Thieves. Oh. His, 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 his name is, is mildly similar, and I was like, oh, is that an homage? I don't think it was. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Or it's just an Italian name. Well, I mean, it could be because he's Italian, but it could be a metaphor. Who's to say? It's a metaphor. Wow. When everyone is talking about movies and one finds a reference, it should be considered a metaphor. Yeah. It's a instantly. It's, it's a metaphor for the referential act. Makes sense for intertextuality. <gasps> I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like this great mise en scene. This this movie doesn't give me a lot to talk about, even though I know that there's a lot to talk about. It just doesn't mm-hmm. click the bits in my brain that make me want to talk about things yeah. in depth. If that makes sense. It's just yeah. it's just a, it's just a good movie. It's pretty okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid It's just flick. a good movie with a score that like has a pretty fun yeah. um motif that it does with very little variation over and over again. Mm. Yeah. But maybe that's just because when you watch it at like nearly double speed 
you just pick up on that a little bit easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have um, do we have thoughts on like the performances? Uh, I think with they're good. I don't know. Baby Toto, <laughs> tiny kid Toto was fun. I, True. Like, he's real he good. Mm-hmm. He's real good. Yeah. Alfredo's real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Alfredo goes, he has his eyes burned out. He he. When he takes off his glasses, his eye holes look like the eye holes from the Rick and Morty intergalactic <laughs> TV sketch. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't stop thinking about that every time he took his glasses <laughs> off. <laughs> uh. Little alien dude oh, no. just gonna pop down from the sky during the middle of that sad meandering story, which is this long shot pushing it slowly. Little alien dude jumps in, grabs Alfredo's eye holes, and starts eating them, punching him in the face. <laughs> yes, that I sucks. See, I want to see that version. <laughs> I like movies. Oh man. Uh, yes. Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe that end of the movie. And um, of yeah, I I, I did want to say that like the kid is the best. Yeah, he did really like that is a really, really good performance. Uh, I mean, there's a few really good child actor performances in what we've covered so far. There's like, let's see, there's there's the kid from Paris, Texas, mm-hmm. and there's the the kid from The Four Hundred Blows, mm-hmm. and this kid. And in my opinion, this kid, this kid's it. This is the best child. Yeah. We've done it. We found the best <laughs> child. Um, yeah, I recently heard a thing. Uh, but also, like, holy shit, the tr- the amount of freaking trauma that you witnessed this kid experience. <laughs> like, not even, like, you know, from, like, directly, like, the movies trying to tell you something traumatic is happening times, like, saving his like mentor from a burning building or whatever but like the yeah. way that his mom treats him mm-hmm. and like the way that his teacher treats everyone yeah. ugh, it's yeah. awful being that a sucks. kid in italy in the 1930s uh sucks it's about just yeah just just be traumatized <laughs> by every fucking adult in your life being a piece of shit except for that one guy and even then he like screams at him for some reason i don't remember why he screams at him alfredo screams at yeah. him. yeah yeah I, well, I mean he was because he was being a rambunctious child i think he was screaming at him oh. mostly because he wanted uh he didn't want him he wanted to be left alone because he was curmudgeon he didn't want child to get into trouble, which would get him in trouble. With the law, uh, yeah, he's yeah. gonna go to prison. Well, I, he he had, he had his own trauma. He like grew up and was like raised running the projectionist, and now he feels a great amount of remorse in his life because he never learned any other practical skills. So he's kind of forced into having this pretty bad job. Like he has to work. Every day, all day, no breaks, no holidays, uh, just doing kind of repetitive actions. And yeah, you get to watch the same movie a bunch of times. Uh, that's kind of like the plus. That sounds awful, honestly. That sounds like yeah. hell. But then, yeah, and he kind of says that, right? He's like, yeah, it all kind of sucks. 
But also, like, I don't know, I guess it makes other people happy, so that's nice. That's something. By just making other people happy. Yeah. Is that what he tells you? He wishes that. Okay, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm not going to say that. Okay. Never mind. Fish fingered and You have to cut out so much from this episode, Hunter. No, he never cuts anything out. Except for the kisses. I know. <laughs> except for the kisses. Except for the kisses. We do kiss a, kiss a lot smooch, on the smooch. Yep. <laughs> yes, anyway. Schmack. We are done with... We are done. Now is over. The end. We're done. The end. The Fame. end. Fame. The end of the podcast? This is the end. No, we to still, be continued. I dot mean, dot dot question mark. We we still have like twenty eight movies left. Uh, oh, this is sixty two. So oh, 38. 38 30 movie, thirty eight movies left. Damn, we really we really sprinkled our hiatus liberally, yeah. huh? Yeah. You, you say that as if we made well, active choices instead yeah. of passive acts of forgetting. Well, <laughs> you know, it was maybe a little bit of both. We had. <laughs> We all, some, some lives got shaken up a little bit. It might happen again soon. I don't know. Yeah. True. We'll They're getting though. shaken up We're, all the time. We got something. Two, two out of three of us are like actively looking for apartments. Three out of three, all of, three us. of us are actively three looking. Three out of, wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so yeah, so, it doesn't uh, help. But we're here at least yeah. this time. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. This is our gift to you, a really meandering. You better better enjoy it because there might not be another one for a while. We'll see. (laughs) I'm sure we'd like them to be regular. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great. And to get Megan into the habit again Mm -hmm. because it's good. Mm -hmm. But also, when you are out of it and then you get back into it, you also make shit episodes, and that's like that's <laughs> the thing we get. Like, I'm sorry, you know. Hey, well, it's you know not what? You have nothing no, good. that's on me. It's actually good. It's fun. I think because we're about to get into the '90s, and I think that I personally will have a good time. Yeah. Although I oh, think we will. have we have a couple more depressing movies before that's we get into that. Probably true. We I have haven't some, looked in a while. I'm sure we have some depressing ass movies. That we can be ass depressed by. But we'll do the Matrix, I think. Yeah, we we did sub that out, so that'll be fun. Um, We're going to do Fight Club and try and get Anna to come back (gasps) on. We're doing Do the Right Thing next, oh God. Is that? (gasps) That's our next one? Yeah. Hell yeah. That and then close up. I am excited. I'm Mm -hmm. the only one who hasn't seen it yet. Oh, good. I'm excited. Oh, dude, but like perfect blue. Okay, that one nights. we're gonna bring everything we got for. <gasps> they're um, they're showing two of the before movies at Alamo soon. Yeah. And uh, what? I think I might need to make a trip. Uh, I they totally, don't have Alamo out here. I would totally watch them, apart from the fact that it is during the time when I'm teaching children how to make things up. Which that fun fact, they're really good at already. Interesting. Oh yeah, because children. <laughs> Oh, yeah. is, is it on? I think the hardest part of my job is getting them to listen to the things that the other ones make up so that they can actually respond instead of just uh, riffing and, and not listening to what people say. 
because children are great and terrible at improv (laughs) at the same time. Yeah. Kids. I might not. That sounds like a, like how, how old are these kids that you're teaching? Uh, they are 10 to 14, I think. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. That does sound right. Yeah. They are like the fourteen-year-olds might not be the worst, but the ten-year-olds—that's that's painful. I know. I've I've seen. Uh, it's also well. One showing's on Monday. One showing, I think, is on mm-hmm. Thursday. Anyway, uh, that's true. Sorry, <laughs> distracting. Fun times. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have fun times. Uh, uh, follow our podcast. W- listen to our podcast. Uh, follow yeah, social media follow for the podcast. Uh, do podcast media consume fish in the name of our podcast before they disappear into the ether and we never see them again. That's so true. <laughs> the fish, because if they all go extinct, we might not know for a while. Let's take a second. <laughs> like, I think the first place to know would be that sushi restaurant down the street from my house. I was just thinking I'll see some cheesily written headline on Twitter. Yeah. All the fish are dead, and no one knows why. People just be fishing. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, those crab fish. Did you guys know that birds aren't real? I mean, not not that birds aren't. Okay, let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you guys know that um there there are no dead birds? Oh. There you, are... Like if if there were, we would see them everywhere. I see them. Like there would be dead bird corpses everywhere. Like, I couldn't walk on the ground because there's so many birds in the world. So, but you know what? And science has not explained this. You know what happens? They they get zapped up to heaven. <laughs> they, oh, okay. They just get mm-hmm. straight up to heaven. They Otherwise, get straight we'd to heaven. tripping over bird corpses everywhere all the time. Like, think about how many birds there are. Damn, damn <laughs> lot of birds. Or maybe they just all die out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Like... It's their final no, pilgrimage. that's not what happens. They fly out. They get zapped up to heaven. Science cannot explain this otherwise. There is no <laughs> other way to explain it. Uh, only the best content <laughs> and conversation. Somebody do we, really do told we have me a quote? That. I'm not lying. Like uh, somebody told me that, this movie? and they were entirely meaning it. God. That is interesting. Have you heard the thing? Have about you ever how... seen a dead bird before? I've seen several. Yeah. I've seen several dead birds. Yeah, I, can... I don't know how they've never seen a dead bird. <laughs> Maybe their brain know. is just so traumatized by the idea of birds dying yeah. that it just blurs out. It just removes it from their memory. Like, no, it's too traumatic. We will not allow you to remember. <laughs> too traumatic to experience bird corpse. Therefore, forget. Forget. Uh, That's something I would do. What a time. <sighs> Anyway. My brain, ugh, I'm, I've just got this ridiculous trauma brain that makes me forget everything all the time. Mm. It's so bad. I'm sorry. Anyway. It's okay. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, if you want a new brain, oh. uh, I've been harvesting some <laughs> from my uh, clone lab. My lab of clones. Oh, thanks. I mean, they're, is it they're like free of memories. brain or is it someone else's? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that no, it's not your thing. brain. Go it'd be the... you'd be a completely different person, but it'd be you know, 
Just It'd go be to the, clean up there. The, Not the brain as much collection trauma. room like in Frankenstein. Yeah. I mean, I've been just harvesting them in case the zombie apocalypse happens so I can, you know, have, have a food source going into the future the indefinitely. Lord of the zombies. Ew. <laughs> Are you the I brain like, eater? Oh, you can yeah, s- because I'm going to get zombified fairly quickly on, and <laughs> I don't like, want to be a hungry zombie. You can control the zombies by controlling the food supply. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a smart idea. Maybe not even become a zombie. Oh, I haven't thought about that. God. That's genius. <laughs> Oh, that's that. That's the real like. <laughs> that's what would actually happen brains. in the Walking Dead situation. <laughs> Someone brain would farm. clone brains and control the food supply. Brain God. Yes. Jeez. Oh, anyway, just um, walking through the wastelands, come across an old, old person with a large, large backpack and a fishing pole, with a brain hook at the end, and a sleigh. Piloted by zombie reindeer. <laughs> it's Santa, everyone. It's zombie <laughs> survivor Santa. Oh, yes. Zombanta, if you will. Zoom boom, if you will. Zoom boom. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, I hate us. And like we say podcast. at the end of every podcast, <laughs> Cinema schminima. This was a mistake. <laughs> uh, I don't have a real quote because um, I don't speak Italian. Um, fake, fake. But something like, Alfredo! Alfredo! Uh, yes, just imagine a movie theater burning to the ground with your uh, closest friend in the top floor. Uh, and then Alfredo. And you've got this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for watching. That's the sound. I mean, made. listening, probably. Uh, well, as we all know, you've just been staring at your phone screen this whole time. <laughs> just staring at that, that static image mm-hmm. of uh, caricatures of uh, four people that I'll are say, definitely should, all on the podcast. We should update that because, yeah, some of those people aren't on anymore. Not regularly, anyway. Yeah. We'll get Anna back for Pulp Fiction. Uh, we won't even need to do anything. We'll just uh, sit back and, and let her just go off. It'll be a great time. Yeah. Vacation yeah, remember week. when the podcast was good when Anna was <laughs> on it? <laughs> Damn. I miss that. And I'm sure anybody who listens misses it too. Probably. It's the good old days. I still have fun with this. Can't it's fine. It That's is. what matters. We're hanging out. It's good. Bop, 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 bop. Okay, we gotta hit the button now. All right, tune in uh, next time. I don't know what time that will be, but tune in. Keep your notifications on. Okay. Bye. Love you. All the smooches. Smooches at the end of the podcast. Smooch, smooch. Mwah.